On this week's episode, we talk about Best Buy moving away from physical media, the completion of the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger, PlayStation looking for a PC planning analyst, Pete Hines retiring from Bethesda, and is PlayStation acquiring Take-Two or some other big acquisition, as well as more stories. All that tonight, but first, on to that beautiful Bean intro. Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, Episode 2. I am your host, the man whose gamer pronouns are old man yells at clouds, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me is the man whose gamer pronouns are PC Master Race, my co-host, Justin, better known as I am Zeracon. How are you doing, Justin? I am very good, sir. Hope you're doing well this evening. I am. Hi. What's been going on with you? Um, nothing much. I mean, it's gotten cooler where I am right now. Um, temperatures have just dropped and then it's been really rainy. But uh, other than that, though, not too bad. And I have gotten some more time to do some more reading, especially as I mentioned before, uh, more books have been coming in. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's primarily that's been uh, tub with me. How about you? Uh, it's it's been pretty good. I mean, just you know, uh, keeping very busy. It's actually been kind of unusually busy, um, hmm. but in general, it's it's just been. I don't. I really don't have too many complaints. I mean, it's definitely there are times where things are a struggle, whether it's work or dealing with uh, just having more busy schedules than normal and having new stuff going on with the kids and all that but in general I, I'd say it's it's pretty good um, so what have you been playing over the past week uh, primarily it has been just Sekiro like that's I, I've been continuing going on with that and making some progress um, hitting some snags here and there because I've been encountering a couple of mini bosses um, but that's been, but I'm like trying to hopefully get past the them, especially since I have an understanding of what I need to do. It's just a matter of actually doing it. And then uh, something that I actually just played yesterday was uh, Total War Shogun 2 with a, a co-op uh, game with a friend of mine. We've been doing that for on and off for a while. Um, so we're trying to take over Japan. <laughs> uh, but we keep hi hitting... Uh, some roadblocks every time we make progress. So, like, my roadblock right now is I finally defeated a rival clan, and but they've they, they've implanted so many seeds of deception that I have three, uh, three, uh, I guess, uh, three uprisings going on, and I have to deal with them while my friend is, uh, taking care of two rival clans. So, yeah. Alright. Yeah, it sounds like you are uh, playing two games set in Japan, and one of <laughs> So, you know, one you are the victor, and the other one you are not so much. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much. Yeah. 
Um, as far as what I've been playing, it's been a pretty good mix of stuff. I've kind of had some gaming ADD this past week, so... Um, of course, I've, I've definitely spent some time playing some Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, mostly on my Steam Deck, with uh, a little touch of it uh, here and there as well, um, outside of my Steam Deck. But additionally, I did get my physical copy of Red Dead Redemption for Switch. Nice. And so I played just a tiny bit of that. Basically, I was just kind of testing it out and then also um, recording a little bit of footage. Um, more than anything, that's kind of what I was doing. It does seem to look and run better than the PS3 version. Um, and uh, even the 360 version, at least when emulated. Granted, I haven't played the 360 version on the 360. I've only done it through emulation. So, um, and even that, I you know barely played. Like I just kind of touched it a little bit, but it doesn't work well on the Steam Deck. So, I since I wanted it to be a portable game, that's basically the only way I was really playing it. Um, of course, though, because it's kind of more of a important focus for me. I've also been playing some Red Dead Redemption 2, which has been, um, once again, a lot of it on Steam Deck. And, um, of course, I'm, I'm having a really good time with that. It's mostly just a matter of... That's the kind of game where I feel like I have to be able to listen to everything going on. You know, listen to the dialogue, listen to the music and all that. Um, especially the dialogue, though, more than anything else, because when I'm focused on the story, it's like I really want to know the story. The story is important to me because the story is really well written and the characters are interesting and everything else. So uh, there's all of that. But also, I got the Nintendo 64 Nintendo Switch Online controller, so I wanted to test that out. And so I played a little bit of Banjo-Kazooie, which... I realized that um, I didn't remember the controls very well, especially because I haven't played it on a Nintendo 64 controller in a really long time, and even then I never played very much of it that way. So, it, um, yeah, it, any any gameplay that is is displayed here on screen is not necessarily going to be reflective of someone who's good at the game. Um, but it's also been quite a while, and the, the portions that I had already played, I played previously with the uh, Switch controls instead of with the N64 controller. So, um, more than anything, I was just kind of dabbling with it because I wanted to try out my new toy. And I will say that um, one of the things that definitely came up for me more than anything else is that um, as much as I love the Nintendo 64 controller, just because of the fact that I wasn't really familiar with the button layout for this particular game, I ended up uh, not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. Uh, hmm. Which is... It's kind of an odd thing, and I think that if I if I go back to it and I mess around with it some more, get used to what the controls are, and then remember how to do everything, I'll be fine. But considering the most recent time that I was playing it was with Switch controllers, and you have more buttons and different buttons and everything else. I just kind of got used to that. And so, going back to playing it this way, I just kind of lost my bearings. Um, but additionally, and actually I, I, I almost forgot to mention something that I got. I haven't even opened it yet, but they had um, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope for 20 bucks, 
on Amazon, so and I was basically just waiting for that much of a discount to buy it, so I bought it. I haven't I haven't opened it, haven't played it or anything, but I did want to play that because I enjoyed Kingdom Battle. And um, in addition to that, I also picked up a couple games on the Switch eShop that were on sale for really cheap. I think one of them was like $4, and the other one was maybe 10 but they were both pretty significantly discounted. I think the one that was $4 was probably like 80% off, and then the other one was... 75% off so um, but the the game that was uh, the cheaper one of the two which is the one I was more interested in playing anyway is a game called Unsold. So Unsold um, it's a 2D hack and slash um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it it's I think it's it can be a Souls-like if you want it to be uh, if you play at a higher difficulty I don't really know how to explain it exactly. I mean, those who are watching the video version will will be seeing the gameplay for it. But it's a really interesting kind of uh, game, and I don't know, I just, I I like it. I only play it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Um, I died a couple times, but I also played on whatever the easiest difficulty was because I just wasn't that interested in playing a really hard Souls game. Um, but... Yeah, I don't really know how to explain it exactly. I mean, obviously, I, I shared the game with you on Steam, and so you could take a look at it, and so you have an idea of what it looks like. But um, yeah, it's a pretty cool game. I, I like it, and it was cheap, which is great, and <laughs> it's a great game for the Switch. So there's that as well. Uh, but then the game that I got really into, surprisingly, uh, basically since yesterday, is Prototype. Um, oh. I had... Bought the game. I guess it was some. No, it would have been. It was either twenty. Yeah, it was twenty twenty one. I bought it in twenty twenty one along with Prototype two, and I wanted to play it on Steam Deck, but it doesn't have cloud saves, and so I just had not gotten around to actually getting my saves transferred over from PC, where I had like six or seven hours of game time. And I finally just decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do this because I've had this game installed on my Steam Deck for, you know, the past year and a half, but I hadn't actually played it yet on there. And so I got my save transferred over and I played quite a bit the past couple days. And that's just kind of been where I've been with games. Um, I did play a tiny bit of Outer Wilds, but I'm but I didn't record any footage for it because basically I'm just trying to get that last achievement. So that's about um, it. So what was the other game you got on the eShop? You said unsold oh, was one. Yes, the the other game, um uh, let me find it. It's it's supposed to be like persona like and hmm. it is called Mato Anomalies. But it looks pretty interesting and it was like nine or ten dollars so huh okay it was like 75 percent off so i thought that it was something would be worth checking out at least i mean i i'm a big fan of persona i've, I've heard it's not nearly as good as persona but that's fine you know i wanted yeah. to check it out so yeah and i guess yeah. one more question i mm -hmm. actually have is so for the n64 controller does it have a blank slot on the underside of it like um uh, no it does not have a blank slot um I, I mean it's kind of filled in like it's not obviously it's not as uh packed out as like if you had either a rumble pack or even just a memory card 
but hmm. it's filled in basically. Okay. So. Okay. I was just curious, like what it looked like, because I was I was very curious about how Nintendo was, like if they were just like have it to be like a dummy slot, or if they were going to just have some sort of special covering where it looked like there was a memory card in there. Yeah, or like make room for an expansion pack for whenever they put Pokemon <laughs> Stadium on 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 the service. Let me pull it out, and I can at least try to show you if it doesn't blur it out. So. Oh, I see. I see. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically flush with, with the slot there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's pretty pretty cool controller. I mean, it's still, it's kind of funny because you know, of course, when I originally played the N sixty four, I was twelve years old, and, um, at that point, my hands were small, you know, or at least a lot smaller, and now my hands are big enough that I can very easily reach the joystick holding it like you would a normal controller. Um, the Z the Z button is still a little awkward to reach though from that position, so I just hold it the normal way, you know, with the on the middle prong. Mm. But yeah, it's it's cool. I, I, I just I like having it. It's it's a cool thing and I, I'd wanted to get one for a while. Um, just because I I'm a, I am a really big fan of the Nintendo sixty four and um, you know all of its flaws aside, it is what made me a Nintendo fan more than anything else. What what really got me into Nintendo games. Um, you know, what really kind of got me beyond just very casual in gaming. Which is what I was mm. before that. So. Nice. But yeah. Um, that's about all I had to cover with that. It um, so I guess we can go ahead and move on into news. Obviously, this week we're going moving faster through the topics because <laughs> of the fact that we don't have our intros recording for the third time. Um, it really was the charm, so it was good. Um, I do want to mention for anyone listening to it here on YouTube, the podcast is available on just about every podcast service. I've been having issues with getting it working properly on Google Podcasts. Um, but it is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Amazon and iHeartRadio and Pandora and um, a few other services that I don't remember. But you can find it on just about any podcast service. You might have to do a tiny bit of digging to track it down just because um, since it's still new and doesn't have a whole lot of listens, it's, uh, it, it doesn't show high up in the search results. But... You should be able to find it without too much difficulty. There are links in our channel description for all the locations that I'll probably also include it in the video description here. All right, so let's start talking some of the gaming stories for this week. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about is Best Buy. Apparently, they are starting to move... They're planning to move away from physical media. Now, uh, the way this was reported, it basically was the idea that they were going to be doing physical media, you know, going away altogether. Uh, but basically what Best Buy has said is that they are moving away from physical media when it comes to movies. They've already transitioned a lot away from that with, like, CDs and that sort of thing. Although I think... At least some stores still stock them. It's been a little while since I've actually tried looking at CDs there. 
Um, but their movie selection has definitely diminished significantly over the years. And, um, I mean, in some ways it's a question of, is it just a matter of time before they start doing it with physical games as well? So, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I, it definitely comes as a major surprise to me. Not partially because of, yeah, it's, you know, sure more people are doing streaming now but also the fact that they said they were going to also be doing this for online as well as in store which i could partially understand if it was if they just did with in stores and you had to order online since more people are also ordering things online than you know mm -hmm. in stores but to cut get rid of everything altogether was a major shock to me um i i will say that i wasn't too surprised though to hear that they were still keeping video games because Video games are still a big part of sales, and sure, mm -hmm. people can order stuff online, but, you know, there are people who do line up for get just to go and buy games physically, especially for different releases. People, you know, I've seen it, and... Okay, it's not a game, but when the NES Classic was first coming out, I stood in line, like, outside of a Best Buy to get one. <laughs> so, people still will go to stores for video games, so I don't think that that will go away anytime soon, especially, or at least it won't go away as long as physical games are in demand. Like if for some reason, say, I don't know, three years from now, um, digital sales are about 75% and physical sales are 25%, maybe, you know, and that might partially just be on something that say the publishers, they say, well, we don't think there's a reason. I think only if the publisher stops selling games physically, then Best Buy will probably say, okay, we need to, we're gonna stop doing that. But at the same time though, I think like they'll probably still do it because from what I remember, Best Buy also takes in games. So they did the same thing at Best Buy, or I'm sorry, GameStop did, where you could trade games in. They don't have as many games as GameStop does because that's not primarily what they do, but you, because they sell used games, I think they still want to keep that sort of going on because Especially, I, I don't know if this is the same thing applies for Best Buy, but at least for GameStop, they make more money off of used games. Right. So if they can keep encouraging people to buy physical games and then later trade those games in, they can still sell those used games and make more money off of that. So that might be another reason why they would want to keep doing that. Right. Yeah, this whole situation is... I mean, it's one of those things where I've absolutely seen it as inevitable. I mean, I knew it was going to happen eventually, and I'm still very much a physical media guy, like, whatever I have the option. Um, my Switch games, basically, like, 99% of the time, um, if I have the choice between physical and digital, I will choose physical. If I don't have the choice, sometimes I will wait for a physical version because I want to have that cartridge. I like having physical media. I like having something that I can hold in my hands, that I can display on my shelf. Um, something that, you know, is going to... That I don't have to worry about a license expiring on that sort of thing or, you know, being delisted. All that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, to, to a degree, that's not necessarily always a problem, but I mean, like, Right now, you know, the 3DS and Wii U eShops are gone. And the online services are going away pretty soon as well. Um, you know, the there was that point when the uh, Vita and PS3 stores were going to be shut down. 
and then they ended up retracting that after they basically got a, people to spend a bunch of money, of which I was one of those people. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, having physical games, the nice thing about them, especially when it's the cartridges, is that they can technically, potentially last a lot longer. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm very much in, I prefer physical media, and that, that's the same thing with movies and TV shows. I, I buy physical versions because I'd rather not have to rely on a streaming service, especially because if I don't have internet, or if the streaming service stops uh, having that particular show or movie, you know, then I'm not having to deal with that, you know. But, and on top of that, the, the quality is always better on, on the physical versions. It, well, I should say in general. Like, um, if you have an HD version of a digital streaming version of a movie versus the DVD of it, then yeah, the HD streaming version is going to be better quality. But if you have a Blu-ray or 4K Blu-ray, which I don't do 4K, but if you have a Blu-ray, it's better quality. And it's something that's going to stick around a lot longer. I mean, I, I literally have uh, two huge shelves mounted on my walls. Um, one for my movies, one for my TV shows. And, I mean, they're pretty well loaded up. And I still buy stuff you know, every so often. Um, Best Buy is actually one of the places that typically around like Black Friday and that sort of thing, I'll I'll often buy a good number of movies because they're you know they have stuff on steep discounts. Like I think last year I bought uh, the two Venom movies. I mean it was like a two pack for the Venom movies, which I hadn't even seen yet, but I, I knew I would probably enjoy them, and I did. And it was like seven eight dollars for that. You know, and it's just you know stuff like that where you can get all these great. Uh, cheap movies and um, I don't know I just I like having physical media but you know once again old man yells at clouds and so it's uh, I, I very much I, I, I know that there are people who disagree with me lots of people who like who are perfectly happy with all digital um, even some people who are older than me but if I can have physical I'm gonna have physical as long as I can and Best Buy getting rid of their physical media. I don't like it. I know it's coming. And I'm just obviously going to have to live with it. I mean, obviously, I've gotten used to it with Steam. You know, PC PC games, it makes sense. And I, I can definitely say that I probably would have a lot fewer PC games if they were physical. Because <laughs> it would take up a lot more room. I mean, if I, if I think about how many, how many physical... Oh, I mean, how many digital <laughs> games I have on Steam alone, and that's not even counting Ubisoft Connect or Origin, um, or you know the few things I have through Good Old Games. But it's uh, yeah, I'm mean, like it, that situation. It, okay, it's fun, but cartridges, I'm all for it. Discs, less so because I kind of feel pointless, especially since most of the time the discs are basically just. You install the game off the disc, and then you have to have the disc in in order to play the game, but it's really just doing checks every once in a while to make sure you actually own it, and that's really all <laughs> it's doing. That's the only purpose of the disc, and of course I like getting the steelbooks, so. But anyway, that's enough of me yelling at clouds over... Uh, no, no, actually, I agree with you completely, and I didn't even think about mentioning the fact that, yeah, I also, like, back when I, like, 
was fully collecting games, I went to the physical versions because I had those games, I could do whatever, you know, I could have them, I could put them on my shelves and stuff, like, I agree with that, like, that was wonderful, and even with the Switch, all the games I got for it were physical because, again, wanted to collect them, wanted to display them, wanted just to have them, just to feel them in my hands, like, that's the same way, and again, also with movies and TV shows, yeah, like, you even mentioned it, last year I bought probably about 8 to 10 TV slash shows, uh, uh, shows slash films, because Best Buy had them for very cheap prices, so... Uh, also, when it's, I also want to see if they're going to have like some sort of special clearance sale before the year ends. Right. Yes, because, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, it's going to be... Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been peeking every now and then just to see, hey, is there anything going on right now? <laughs> but, right. yeah, definitely make sure to do that, because you could probably get some very good bargains then. Yeah, the only, the only thing right now is that I'm not sure how many new movies I actually want anymore because a lot of the uh, movies now are just trash and so <laughs> it's just like okay there's a handful of things I would want like if they do the new Mission Impossible on discount like I really enjoyed that that was fun we saw that in the theater and oh, saw that on date that was it was you know fun and I mean I like I just recently watched all the Mission Impossible movies for the first time and uh, you know they're they're good movies there's nothing about them that's like it's not preachy you know at you mm. trying to do modern politics or anything else it's <laughs> like it's it's just a good story and um i mean yeah mission impossible 2 sucked but the rest of them i've enjoyed all of them and, um, yeah but either way you know we'll just we'll kind of see how all this goes i mean obviously we're eventually just going to get to the point where physical media is, is gone but at least for now, Amazon doesn't seem to be stopping with their physical media anytime soon. I mean, yeah. you know, they've they've fully committed to all this stuff, and you know they're all over the place with with their stuff. I mean, I, I have to say, you know, like regardless of what I think of Amazon at in terms of some of their business practices, because they definitely have some things that I'm just like roll my eyes, but. The fact that they've so committed to their business that they even have their own delivery vehicles now, you know, I mean, maybe that's been a thing for years. And because I lived in Alaska, I never got to experience it because we didn't have any distribution centers up there. And so we were always relying on post office or UPS or FedEx delivering this stuff. Um, but it's just like Amazon's committed and I appreciate that. And they deliver on Sundays, which is it's like, hey, you know, if you got people who are willing to work Sundays, more power to you, and it's it's great for us as customers, and it it's it's more competition, more positive competition. So that's my two cents on the matter. <laughs> but speaking of positive competition, which I know that there are plenty of people who do not believe this is positive competition, but the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger is complete. Uh, of course, obviously, we talked about it last week. This has been talked to death about by so many people, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on this theoretically. But I personally have long been of the opinion that I do believe this will help Xbox to compete better. And I'm no Xbox fan. I've never bought an Xbox. Um, I bought a handful of their games on Steam when they were on deep discount. And I mean, with the exception of Starfield, which I bought day one. 
uh, actually did early access on that, but um, you know, even with this merger, regardless of people trying to say it's a monopoly, which you keep using that word, it does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> um, it is not a monopoly. It is not a monopoly, and they are um, they're still in third place. PlayStation still is the market leader. They literally are 60%. And behind them, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the exact percentages for... Uh, but, I mean, behind Sony is uh, Tencent. And then behind Tencent is Microsoft. So, when it comes to video games, Sony is still well ahead of the game. And... I mean, I think it's good that Microsoft has the ability to start producing more games, to start maybe bring back some franchises that have died out that were Activision Blizzard. Um, you know, Prototype being one of those. I've heard a lot of people talk about that, and I'm, I'm just starting to kind of get into Prototype. And even though I don't like it as much as Infamous, I still think it's, it's pretty fun. Um... But yeah, I mean, like, Sony's not in a position where they're in any way hurt that much by it. I think it's just mostly people are, well, mostly PlayStation fanboys are very salty about it because they don't like the fact that after all this time of saying that Microsoft has no games, that Xbox has no games, that they can't compete, here they are buying a big uh, publisher, and now they have both exclusive games and games that they can develop in the future. Some of which are currently in development that have been for years. Some of which have not even started yet and are probably in early planning stages. I mean, there's all sorts of different stuff with that, but um, you know, I, I personally still think that overall this is a positive thing. And we'll see what actually happens in the future. I could be dead wrong, and maybe somewhere down the line we'll find that Microsoft is just eating up businesses left and right. I mean, eating up like publishers and everything left and right, like Disney has done to most of the media. Um, and we'll see if Microsoft destroys these companies in the way that Disney has destroyed a lot of the stuff that it's brought under its way. Or, well, maybe not destroyed, but devalued. You know, like the Star Wars brand is completely ruined in my opinion but anyway uh your thoughts on the matter before we get to the next aspect <laughs> of that um no no i mean i'm glad that it's all over with i mean as we mentioned before ftc still wants to get one last swing in but mm -hmm. that's probably not going to get far um yeah and ag agreeing with you with the fanboys you know going from microsoft has no games to hey don't get those games <laughs> Uh, although if Sony uh, bought at my, uh, Activision, you know, wouldn't hear much from them about that, though. Oh, they, well, you would hear. It would just be them bragging. Oh, that, that is true. That is and, true. And they, they'd be rejoicing and praising and saying that it's the greatest thing ever that, that Sony did it. <laughs> but it's because Sony can't, couldn't have possibly done it. They couldn't afford that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, once again... It's like I, I say, like I said last week, enjoy the games you have, let everyone else enjoy their games too. And if some of these things end up not being, I mean, you end up being exclusives in the future, well, 
that's the way it goes. I mean, Sony has to compete more. They have to put out more quality products. And they already have lots of great quality products. Lots of great games. I mean, heck, they just... they uh, Spider-Man 2 is in some places... I think it might technically already be out in some places. But either way, I mean, if nothing else, it'll be out before this podcast comes out. No, I guess it's Wednesday, not Thursday. I'm getting my days mixed up. On Friday, it will be out worldwide at least as far as I know, and it's getting great reviews across the board. People are saying it's the best of the three games they've made, or the three Spider-Man games they've made. I mean, it looks fantastic. I'm excited to play it whenever it comes to PC, and I can wait until then because I burn out on Spider-Man. But, you know, just enjoy the games you have. And let other people enjoy the games they have. And don't belittle other people because their games are, are different than yours. Don't go saying that... I mean, stop comparing Spider-Man to Starfield. They're not the same at all. <laughs> you can't compare those two engines. Not in the least little bit. There's... I mean, the creation engine... It has a lot of problems. And I think that it is... It's not a very good engine, but for what it does... The engine they used for Spider-Man could not do the same things. It just can't. It, it, it does its own things, and it does what it does very well. And the creation engine is kind of a mixed bag on how well it does things, but it also does just considerably more than most other engines do. Anyway, I'm not going to get too far into that. Let's, let's get back on topic. Um... So going back to the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger, um, along with that, we got news that Bobby Kotick, who has been the CEO of Activision Blizzard, as far as I know since it was founded, um, is going to be stepping down at uh, the beginning of 2024. Now, I know for some people, they say it's not soon enough. They want him gone sooner. All this other stuff. Um really the reality is they have to dot their T's and uh, they have to uh, <laughs> dot their T's dot their I's and cross their T's and make sure that everything is transitioned over they can't just fire him and then try to pick up all the pieces because they need to make sure they have all the information he has or at least as much as they can possibly get make sure that things are set up properly because if you try to transition without giving all that information over you're going to be trying to play catch-up and not knowing where everything is and what to do with everything, and it's just going to be a huge headache. So that's the real reason they're waiting. It's just kind of a reality of doing business, especially when you have someone who's been in the position for that long and probably, I mean, you know, I don't know how much work he actually does at this point. I mean, he probably doesn't do much of anything. He mostly just kind of benefits from it because he's been a part of this company for so long. Um, and he's going to get his golden parachute, you know, get paid extremely well to say goodbye. But, I mean, obviously it's a good riddance thing. Get rid of the guy. But as much as it would be nice to have him gone sooner, it's just not realistic. So, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely I would have liked to have seen him gone sooner, but... Uh... Considering the fact, as you mentioned, that he has to sort of be there to help with the transition, I can understand why um, 
why Phil Spencer asked him to stay for the rest of the year. Um, although I can only imagine like how much of a surprise it was being an employee of Activision and then just like seeing him send that email to you out like that morning or whatever or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, considering all the controversy, everything that went on behind the scenes and all the stuff we heard about, all the horrible stuff that was going on. I mean, I, I think most people were just expecting that it was going to happen at some point. Um, I'm sure that some people wish it was happening sooner within Activision, but once yeah. again, you know, you have to have, you have to do the transitions properly and make sure everything is set in stone before you, before you make that change. So it is what it is. Not much we can do about that. But um, along those same lines. So there is a rumor going on. Well, I guess it's not really a rumor so much as it is. Um, let, let me just bring up the specific story here. So basically an analyst, uh, Dr. Sirkan Toto, is saying that he believes that Sony needs to respond in kind to the Microsoft Activision Blizzard merger by going out and purchasing some of their own studios. Um, and basically it's, uh, you have the PlayStation fanboys in particular spouting this off as if the idea of them purchasing Take-Two, which has been floated. And re reminder that Take-Two is responsible for Grand Theft Auto, which is, I think like the most selling game of all time period. I mean, it's been, it came out originally on the PS3, and it's still selling today. It's usually in the top 10 10 years later. Um, you know, but between all the re-releases on, on PC and PS4 and Xbox One and PS5 and Series X, um, plus Red Dead and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Stop it. Get some help, please. Stop thinking that this is in any way a possibility. I mean, additionally, you know, people have also floated the idea that, um, you know, maybe they would, you know, uh, go and buy something like uh, 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 buy something like Square Enix, and you know, um, I can't remember exactly who it was that I heard talking about this, but. The idea of them buying Square Enix is another one of those things where, yeah, it's it's a pipe dream. It's it's not realistic. I don't think Sony can afford Square Enix, even if they wanted to buy them. And why would Square Enix sell to Sony when they can still make and sell games on like Nintendo platforms? I mean, yes, of course, having their games on on Sony systems has been profitable for them in many ways. I mean. Final Fantasy has been uh, a staple on PlayStation since the original PlayStation, with Final Fantasy VII releasing there exclusively, and the vast majority of Final Fantasy games uh, up until the PS3 360 generation that all released exclusively on PlayStation. Um, you know, basically the only things that didn't were some of the spin-offs like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles and that sort of thing, um, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. But, you know, the the idea of, of them trying to purchase Square Enix is 
is dumb. Um, and it's it's much, I mean, the, the idea of them purchasing Take-Two is even more ridiculous because it will never happen. Sony can't afford them. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't afford them. Much more so than Square Enix, which is already ridiculous. So, all that being said, I don't know. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's... I feel like, in one, on one hand, something, maybe not necessarily Take-Two, maybe not Square Enix, but I feel like... We're... Microsoft sort of flirted with a bit of a, I guess, wallet war mm-hmm. uh, as far as seeing who can buy the most or who can buy the biggest studios. I don't... If Sony does try to buy another company, we might have that. Now, I don't think it'll get too wild because regulars might say... Okay, we see what's going on. This is getting crazy. Or you two need like to get a timeout or something like that. But I do feel like maybe Sony might buy a company. Maybe, maybe not a large one. Maybe not. Um, now I do know that I, I do agree that Square has been flowing around. Like I've heard that for I don't know I don't know how long. It's been at least three years. I've heard Sony fanboys say. Yes, Sony's gonna buy Square Enix. Like, you know, they've worked so close together. They've got all the exclusives on there, and it hasn't happened then. I I, I highly doubt it's gonna happen now. And I've also heard them say either Capcom or Sega. And I highly doubt that Sega's going would allow themselves to be bought because they see how well they're doing with selling on multiple platforms, especially considering the fact that when they put the Yakuza games on Xbox uh, via Game Pass, more people were interested in buying the games at that point. And, you know, Sonic is already on multiple games. Persona is now on every platform now. Mm -hmm. Like, more people are playing the games now. Like, (laughs) there's no reason that Sega has to say, yeah, we're going to go get bought by Sony and... um, lose out on a lot of revenue because it's going to be exclusive now on PlayStation. <laughs> right. Like it, yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. The, the Sega one is ridiculous too. I mean, I, I think square Enix is probably more ridiculous in, in many ways, but, but Sega, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right because those games sell well on other platforms. I mean, the persona games, especially like once they started putting them on other platforms, I mean, even even if you exclude Game Pass, I mean, because I, I don't know how, how the game sold on Xbox with with Game Pass being a thing, but um, you know the the games have sold, especially like Nintendo. That's been they were great sellers. PC they've been great sellers. Um, you know it. I can't see any reason why they would limit themselves in that way, and. I mean, it just goes back to the the reality that selling games on multiple platforms is good for their business. It's good for the consumer. It gives us more choices. And I, I don't like the idea of them holding games hostage. I mean, it's something that I've become more and more against as time has gone on to the point where I'm even saying, Nintendo, start putting your games on PC as well. I... 
I mean, it'd be great if every game could release on every platform. It would mean that games would take longer to develop. Either that or they would focus less on trying to make games super visually impressive and maybe start making games just good. But all across the board, I mean, it would be beneficial to consumers to have to, I mean, to not just have to buy a, pl a specific plastic box to play a specific game and to be able to have choices in where they want to play the game. And they can go with whatever fits their play style best or if it's, you know, still just a specific plastic box they like better, then so be it, you know. But give people choices, and that's not something that's going to happen anytime soon. Probably will never happen, for especially for, like, Nintendo. I'm... I don't know. I, I want it to happen, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it's just... It's just one of those things, you know? I want to. I, I want to see these games in other places, all of them. Uh, especially, you know, Atlas. I really hope that after seeing how well Persona has done on other platforms, mm -hmm. that they start doing Shin Megami Tensei on other platforms because it's been stuck on Nintendo only forever. At least, well, you're talking specifically five, right? Well, the main Shin Megami, Shin Megami, uh, main Shin Megami Tensei games. So, the the main numbered ones have all been Nintendo. At least I'm uh, pretty three sure. Three they did release. Well, Nocturne. Three Nocturne that they released oh. elsewhere, but not the original three. Okay. Um, so, and and so Nocturne is technically like a, a spinoff, but um, I mean, like, recently, of course, you have four, four Apocalypse, and five, which are all Nintendo exclusive. It's I think it's pretty much only been spin-offs that have been or you know spin-offs or side games that have been on multiple platforms but they yeah they they need to put especially 5 on other platforms because as much as I love it on the Switch it needs to be on a platform that can give it better visuals and uh, better frame rate take it beyond what it is because it's such a fantastic game and more people need to play it. It's just so good. I love it so much. But all of that being said, we'll move on to the next topic here. So um, we have Pete Hines, who is vice president of Bethesda, has announced his retirement after 24 years with the company. So, uh, your thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I mean, it's... It, I'm of two feelings of this. Um, one, I... Like, 24 years is a long time. Like, he's worked at Bethesda nearly as long as I've been on this planet. <laughs> so, like, I can definitely understand, you know, him wanting to retire. Especially said, you know, he's wanted to just relax. Um, after all this time, so I do definitely understand that. Um, I, and you know, sort of like the same thing which we mentioned before um, last week. Like, um, oh gosh, who? Was, I oh my gosh, I can't remember who we were mentioning last week, but about them retiring. Like, I understand you've been working for a long time. It's you no, know, you're good to go. Like, go retire. Um, but it is also odd seeing just like someone who has had such a prolific background you know working with Bethesda for that long just like stepping out the pit picture so on that end you know it is 
it's, it's, it's going to be kind of weird, like, seeing someone replace, like, someone stepping in and him not being there. Um, but, you know, I do hope that he enjoys his retirement, though. You know, you've earned it. I mean, sure, Bethesda has had its ups and downs, but, hey, you've been here through all of that fire. You know, right. good on you. Yeah, I mean, wh one of the things that I think... Um is most interesting about this is like you compare it with other situations like Jim Ryan was one that we discussed the first time we recorded episode one and with him him retiring or getting fired or whatever it whatever it really was we don't actually know for sure um but you know he's like he's with PlayStation for 30 years and are you know you know close to 30 years and uh you know Pete Hines leaving Bethesda and he's been with the company for such a for 24 years and you know leaving basically right after starfield launches i'm sure that there are probably people who will conspiracy theorize and say oh well it's because starfield flopped well starfield didn't flop it's actually <laughs> sold extremely well despite the fact that it's a game pass um and i think i i don't know the exact sales numbers i i feel like we just got npd i saw i was briefly checking out a video earlier and that for the month of September, it was the top seller, um, which, you know, that's still, I mean, it's, it, I think behind it was like FIFA or something like that. So um, it might've, might've been something different, but either way, you know, it's, it sold extremely well its first month. And that's even with it being on game pass for considerably less money that it sold very well. It's, you know, in the top 20, I believe on the steam charts, which is good for a single-player game, um, especially since you know it, it's only been. I mean, I can't talk. Anyway, all that being said, I think that basically Pete Hines is going out on a high note because you know this is a game they that's been twenty years in the making. It's their first new franchise that they've created in twenty years, and um, you know it's like. Why not just leave now? It's like it's the perfect time. You know, he doesn't need to stick around long enough to see Elder Scrolls Six come out because that'll probably be another ten years, and um, you know, uh, among other potential franchises, uh, sequels, spinoffs, whatever. Um, you know, I think it's a good time. I think it's a great time. And you know, Starfield, even with all its flaws, I still really enjoy the game, and I keep itching to go back to it and. I keep getting sidetracked and trying to finish up Red Dead Redemption 2 because it's been one of my goals for this year. So, okay, so here's a, a, a little side tangent. So, <clears throat> I need to get some water. Um, you have any other thoughts before I continue? Um, no, no, no. I, th I, think, I'm, I think I'm good. But, uh, I mean... I mean, just probably one thing I was thinking is that he probably wasn't necessarily there since the beginning, because I know that Bethesda has been there, has been around since, like, NES days, but he definitely has been around long enough that Bethesda has been on the map and done, like, a lot of stuff, so he has contributed to, like, a lot of the big, big hitters. Right. Yeah, okay, so my, my side note here. I Every year, I always set certain, like, goals for myself of, of things I want to complete gaming-wise for the year. And 
I have to go back and look through what I what I said at the beginning of the year. I know I've at least completed some of the things, like finishing um, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, and then I ended up also doing 4, and uh, Peace Walker, and Revengeance, and uh, Ground Zeroes, and part of Phantom Pain. <clears throat> but one of my goals for this year was to finally finish Red Dead Redemption 2, because I bought that several years ago. And have not yet finished it um, and then of course when they announced the Switch version of Red Dead Redemption 1 it was like okay well there's a fire under my butt to finally get back to this game and focus on it some more but anyway like I said side tangent <laughs> alright um, let's see here Alright, so let's get into some of the other stories here. Um, give me one second. Probably have to cut this part out briefly because I don't have a particular thing up on my screen right now. Just over these topics and then I'll put it back over. should have thought to just include these in my thing. Okay. Alright, so um, another news item related to PlayStation. Uh, there is a current job listing, which I believe this might actually have existed previously, but it's being reported on now. PlayStation is looking for a PC planning analyst. And of course we know that uh, PlayStation has been releasing a bunch of games on PC in uh, recent years. Apparently I did not get that video on there either, but... Um, so, like, of course, we have Horizon Forbidden West that's coming early next year. We've gotten, um, you know, both Returnal and uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart this year. And they've just been, you know, very steadily releasing more and more of their first party games to PC. Um, and it's definitely something where there's, um, like, a whole lot of games still left to come. Some of which we've heard about, and some of which, many of which we haven't. I mean, basically at this point, we know Horizon Forbidden West because they announced that. Ghost of Tsushima is something that, that was in the NVIDIA leak, so it will be coming. It's just a question of when. Uh, theoretically, it could be not long after Horizon Forbidden West comes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that whole slate is coming, and... The hope, of course, is that it won't be too long before we start seeing more of these games announced and actually start getting uh, more of the current games. Um, so, some of your thoughts on the matter. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, you know, this is just another reinforcement of that same slate uh, that, that that we're going to be eating very well on the PC. Um, I wonder, I mean, I know that Sony said that maybe 
a year or two before games come, but I wonder if they might even be thinking about doing other things, like for example, uh, PS3 games that are like games from that generation bring those over, like say, for example, the original God of War trilogy, uh, the HD collection, bring that over to PC. Right. Or if they said, which I know you went, Infamous, you know, bring Infamous over, right. one and two, um, bring that over. If they want to say, maybe, because um, I think they, I I, want, I almost want to say they, they might have just been a port, but I think they released an HD version of Jack and Daxter on the PS4. I can't remember if it was just like an upscaled port or if it was um, no, a slight they, they, they did they did the HD collection on PS3. I don't think they Okay. I'm not sh- it's possible they did something on PS4, but I'm pretty sure it's just PS3 and, and Vita. Okay. But, you know, if they did that, if they brought over the first 3, I think it's the first 3 um Uncharted games if they did that as well, like I feel like maybe if they want to help sort of stagger the releases of like their new releases, mm-hmm. but still provide you know games, they right. could just do that. Like, there you even mentioned the fact that Sony has a lot of games that like that they've made. They could they have an untapped well that they could just boom. Here's a bunch of games we can just like bring right over to PC. We can on one hand. We don't have to hear hear fanboys say, "Hey, you're putting these games day and date." On the other hand, here's a bunch of games for you guys to play. Like, enjoy. <laughs> like, right. That could be something that they could be doing. I don't know. And the person, because I know it's like planning on stuff, so it could be something with marketing, seeing what PC gamers would want, what fits right now, what works with our budget, what's work with like plans that we have. That could be something that they're working on. I don't know, but that's just sort of like. Stuff, stuff that I'm just tossing out right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, the reality is is that most of us uh, PC gamers could could be good, uh, good at giving them some information that they need for, uh, you know, of how they can be successful. Now, granted, we don't have all the necessary, like, qualifications for, you know, like, market trends, and I can't remember all the, all the different requirements that were part of the job listing, but... Um, <laughs> You know, we know what it is that would make PC gamers happy. I mean, obviously, the number one thing for the vast majority of PC gamers uh, that I hear over and over is put Bloodborne on PC, <laughs> 4K 60 FPS. That's all you need to do, and that that will make a lot of people happy. Personally, I don't know how soon I would actually play Bloodborne. I'm, I'm probably I'm more interested in Demon Souls, which is another one we know will eventually be coming because they accidentally had that in their initial reveal trailer. Um, Whoops. But even that, I'm like, you know, once again, I'm I'm in the same position where I need to finish at least one Souls game before I start playing another new one. Um, with with Unsold being kind of a, 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 an exclude or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, an exception to that rule because of the fact that it technically I mean at least the way I'm playing it now I'm not playing it like a souls like so um but yeah I mean there's I, I'm pretty sure when I looked this up that I found that there was a similar listing last year as well 
and so it's really just a matter of them they, they need to find someone who's going to give them the information they need it's going to help them realize that you know there are ways that they can improve their release schedule have more stuff come out um my biggest concern though is if they don't have a good studio working on the ports so we could get some more bad ports i mean right now we know nixus i mean nixus so far everything they've released has been fantastic excellent ports i mean you got the spider-man games um i mean you both uh spider-man remastered and miles morales are, are excellent ports you have um which call it um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn initially released pretty not great for a, for a port, but I believe Nixus went in and fixed it after the fact. Yeah, it, which is you know great because it, it definitely plays a lot better than it did earlier on. I remember when I was trying to. I mean, I got it not super long after it launched, and I was trying to record it, and for some uh, well, actually I was trying to record it and stream it, and it was just it wasn't looking or streaming right at all on the recording side gameplay wise it was playing fine but for some reason something it was just wonky and now now it plays great um and i can't remember who did the god of war port i don't think that was nixus because i think nixus was acquired after that that was a very good port though I think that was directly Sony. I think it was like Sony oh, okay. PC or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, God, God of War was a fantastic port, and I mean, if they can get Ragnarok on as well, that would be <laughs> incredible. Because um, I mean, as much as I've enjoyed what I played of Ragnarok on PS4, which the only reason I even got it on PS4 was because I had a gift card. Um, otherwise, I, I wouldn't have been able to handle going back to 30 frames per second but uh, yeah that would be a game I would love to see brought over to PC especially because then not only can I have the superior frame rate field of view all of that but also because then I can play it on Steam Deck and it'll play just as well if not better than it does on PS4 it'll probably still sound like a jet engine but that's okay you know because I'll be able to play it in my hands or rather I'll be able to play it on a portable device and not have to be uh, you know, tethered to my monitor or TV or whatever in order to play. But anyway, all of that being said, it's uh, I want to see more stuff come out, and I, I do like you know, you, like you suggested, do some of the PS4 releases. Try to do some remasters of PS3 games. I mean, those ones obviously are going to take more work because of everything mm. they've had to deal with on that front, but. At least if they can actually get some of these ports over, then I mean, or, or you know, get some of these other games over, it can hopefully fill in the gaps a little bit. Um, I especially really want to see them do the Japan Studio games because, of course, Japan Studio Ooh. got shut down, which is a shame because it was like the one studio in Sony that was actually doing unique games. Um, and like the Gravity Rush games, I, I really enjoy. Yeah. I, I haven't finished two yet, but. I would love to see that one on PC because it's like seriously, you could you know get at least sixty frames per second on that game, and it's like take a game that's already fun and everything and make it even better. Um, yeah. The Shadow of the Colossus on the release on the leak. Um, I don't think it was on the leak. No, I, I don't uh. remember seeing it on the leak, which is too bad. Okay. I haven't played the PS4 version of that. I only played the uh, the remaster on PS3. 
fantastic game. I, I, I want that to come over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So here's another side tangent. Shadow of the Colossus. Do, do, I'm assuming you played it originally on either PS2 I or PS3. I played a little bit of the PS2 um, okay. via emulator, but I haven't like finished it or anything. Oh, okay. All right. So, I mean, I won't, I won't spoil anything story-wise for you, but I will say that um, the way I looked at that game was completely different from how most people looked at it, which is it's just kind of interesting to me. Uh, because most people kind of looked at it as, oh, you know, it's it's a sad thing that you're having to that you're having to kill these majestic creatures and everything like that. <laughs> that who who you know basically are just minding their own business and you go kill them. It's like okay, I get that perspective. The way I looked at it was completely different though, because the way I looked at it was okay. This guy is so desperate to bring back this woman he loves that he's willing to risk his life and put himself in immense danger, having no idea if it's actually even going to work. To bring her back to life and um you know it's just a completely different thing plus the music in that game is incredible yes especially and this doesn't spoil anything but the music for the last colossus is just like oh man the theme is so good all that all the music in that game is incredible i mean the controls are janky but um <laughs> that's, that's really just a lot of those games are, are pretty janky on controls um but yeah, that's a, that's my side tangent, and I enjoyed the Gravity Rush games. They were very, very good. I I, I will say though, the first time I tried playing Gravity Rush, it actually kind of made me dizzy because uh, I you know played it on Vita uh, shortly after I got my Vita, and I mean I didn't play very much of it just because it made me dizzy. But when they did the uh, store shut, when they were going to do the store shutdowns, I, was, I decided you know. I need to give this game another shot because it seemed like it would be my kind of game. Otherwise, it was just that issue. And I was able to get past it and then it didn't bother me anymore. And I ended up playing through it and getting the Platinum Trophy and doing all the DLC stuff as well. And bought the remaster on PS4, which I haven't played, but I, I have it at least. And then bought two and played a decent chunk of it before I moved. And then I just never got back to it. But anyway... All right, side tangent over. <laughs> but we have more more time for tangents, so that's that's why I was doing a tangent. So anyway, all right. So, Hideki Kamiya. I can't remember. Oh, sir, when was it that we talked about him uh, retiring or or leaving Platinum Games? It was probably on like either our first or second attempt at episode one. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, he recently uh, started a YouTube channel. And I guess he's not allowed to actually work in the games industry for a year because of a non-compete clause in his uh, you know, contract with having left Platinum Games. So he's doing the YouTube channel thing instead. I don't know if there's really a whole lot to talk about with that, but, you know, any thoughts you have? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's kind of interesting um, because the... Uh, or interesting just because it's something that somewhat has happened, or, I mean, it's only happened one time, but um, the game developer of uh, Super Smash Brothers, he yeah. made his own uh, YouTube channel, mm -hmm. so... I don't know if it's something that could sort of start becoming a trend with the Japanese uh, developers making their own channels. Like, 
I don't think, or maybe because of his NDA, like, he might not be able to talk about, like, what he does going into making a game. But I feel like that's something that he possibly could do maybe later down the road, because I know that on Twitter occasionally he did just talk about stuff like with de game development. Uh, I mean, of course, that's no... If, if you could see his page because he blocked yeah, he, 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 he didn't block blocked. you. <laughs> um, which, but um, he, he could possibly do that. Like, I'm curious seeing what happens because I do know that, like, I, I didn't watch, like, the full video of what he did, but I do know, especially with the article I read, that he's, like, saying, like, hey, am I even allowed to talk about this? <laughs> so it, it, I, I, it is interesting, going to be interesting just, like, to see, like, what he actually does talk about in his videos. Um, just because, especially someone like him, especially if he brings that sort of same, I guess, it, that same Twitter side of him uh, to his channel, that, that definitely... But just 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 because of the entertainment value alone, that would be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I, I didn't get a chance to watch the video. Um, but I mean, it's it's interesting. The the one thing I will thought, will say that um, was interesting about is communicating. Um, you know that he is not retiring. That he is planning to do more game development. He just can't do anything for a year because of all that, and his kind of stated reasons for why he decided, I mean, why he was uh, leaving that it, I mean, like, I can't remember this the specifics, and I have to actually look at what he said, but I, I seem to remember from what I read that he was basically saying that, like, um, he didn't feel like he could fulfill his vision or, or like, he, he wanted to continue his vision of games uh, that was different than what what platinum was doing i i, I have to, i have to look at that again to see what specifically he said but um yeah i don't know it's just it's definitely a, a weird situation and i'm very curious to see what he ends up doing in the future maybe he'll he'll find a way to bring back scale down that would that would be very interesting to see you know, like get get microsoft to uh Cost some money in his pocket, but of course, my guess is that probably that's still very much a platinum property. In which case, oh, he true. wouldn't be able to do anything with it. So, but if he could make a spiritual successor, that would be yeah, very lovely. Or a spiritual rework. I don't know exactly what you would really call it since the first game never actually came out. That that is true. But yeah, that was a game that I always thought looked really interesting. Yeah. I was disappointed to like, like I I didn't even have like an Xbox. And I was thinking like, man, that looks that sounds like very interesting. I want to see more of that. But then, pull the plug on that. Yeah. Well, hey, at least if Scalebound never did get revived, we wouldn't have to worry about it being Xbox exclusive, because it would come to PC as well. That is true. I mean, it would be perfect because it's like Always back then. Of course, that was the thing. You know, there was. I can't remember if they were releasing any of their games on PC at that point. I don't think they were. Only the thing they probably released was like, was like Halo Wars. Yeah, that's true. That probably was on PC, but that's probably like the only thing. Right. Yeah. Like I think the before that, um, on PC, the only thing you had was Halo One and Two, which were released you know long after the games originally came to Xbox. Mm. And I actually have the CD-ROM versions of those games, or CD and DVD-ROM, but 
Um, yeah, it's uh, we, yeah, we wouldn't have to worry about the exclusives anymore. So, hey, I'm all for it. I don't think it's ever going to happen, <laughs> but I'm all for it if it does. And I'll definitely be keeping an eye on what Hideki Kamiya has planned next. Hopefully, he can come up with some some great stuff. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So then we had that story about paradox and harebrained schemes parting ways. Why don't you take this one? Okay. Yeah. So uh, it was recently announced that Paradox Interactive and Hairbraid Schemes were going to be parting ways. Um, it was going to be a mutual departure, but the gist of it was that Hairbrain uh, Schemes' niche uh, in games was different from what Paradox Interactive wanted, and so they felt it was best to part ways. The interesting thing is that Hairbrain Schemes just recently released a game uh, called Lamplighters League. Uh, Paradox Interactive is going to retain the right, the publishing rights for that game, as well as other games that Hairbrain Hairbrain Schemes Relief also made so like the Shadowrun games and Battletech games as well. Like Paradox is going to keep those games, which is kind of odd uh, or it's just it's just weird on my end seeing that just because of the fact that the all the games that Hairbrain made they no longer get to keep, and that that just one like just to me it seems weird. Granted. From what I've heard, like a lot of the people who made the older games, like the Shadowrun games and Battletech, like a lot of them left Hairbrain. So by that point, mm-hmm. they're not there. But to see a company lose all the games that they made to another company, that especially their most recent one, <laughs> like that just came out, it's odd. And another thing that also is kind of odd to me is the fact that uh, Paradox said that their niche was not aligning with theirs which is odd because paradox makes a lot of strategy games like their biggest one i think is crusader kings um although they also did age it's not age of empires it's um uh, i can't remember it's it's an age of something uh but it's another strategy type of game and shadowrun battletech granted those are more tabletop tabletop strategy games Mm -hmm. They're still kind of close enough, I would say, that it's not big of a difference. And even with their recent game, uh, Lamplighters League, that is more so like a pure strategy game than, say, a tabletop game. So I don't know why they would say there's a niche and why there's a conflict there. Mm-hmm. So that, that just felt odd to me. Like, I, I don't know. I do hope that Hairbrain Schemes, you know, is able to continue developing some games. I hope that they're able to make games that are more so similar to Shadowrun because Shadowrun, to me, just the idea and concept, I've only done a little bit of one of their game, played one of the games, but it's pretty much science fiction with fantasy blended together. So you do have those uh, sci-fi aspects sort of like the cyberpunk aesthetics, the futuristic type of weapons and whatnot. But you also have fantasy creatures like orcs, elves, and stuff like that blending together, even magic blending in with that. So that's something that's kind of uncommon to see, sort of those two different genres put together. That's one of the reasons why I felt intrigued by it. So if Hairbrain can do something like that again, 
I would I, I would like to see that. Like I'm hoping that they're able to make a rebound. I hope that despite you know losing rights to a game that was solely them, a brand new IP, even though that they lost that, they're able to do something that is similar to that again. But yeah, that's that's just my thoughts on that. All right. Yeah, unfortunately, I I'm not familiar with any of their stuff. I mean, like I've heard of Shadowrun. I'm not even sure if I've ever seen it before. Like, I need to look that up because, like, I I know I've heard of it. I just can't think of what it actually is. So, mm. but yeah, um, I guess best of luck to you know everyone involved especially harebrained losing some of their ips that they put together in the past so not much more that can be said about that so that's all the topics that i have listed at the moment um are there any other things you wanted to talk about um not that i can think of i don't think anything major last minute popped up um well nah nah yeah no nah, I don't think anything popped up okay. yeah I mean I guess one thing I do want to mention is um of course this week we have both Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Wonder releasing um both of which are getting fantastic reviews uh they both look like they're gonna be great games um I haven't really ever been into 2D Mario as much but is more based on a misconception I had about how 2D Mario's function than anything else. Um, One of the things I didn't realize has been a thing since I think Super Mario Bros. 3 is being able to go backwards in a level, which was one of the reasons why, at least on the older, um, at least on the original Super Mario Bros., I never... It's one of the reasons why I never really went back to those games, is because I didn't like the fact that you couldn't go backwards on a level. And I also never really liked the fact that there was timers on the level because <laughs> then it, it just it made it so that I didn't I didn't have time to just explore and you know check everything out, find secrets and so on and so forth. And both of those are gone now. Or, or rather rather the, the timer's gone now. The other thing I guess was already gone. But uh, so it does look like it will be a fun game but it's not something I'm buying anytime soon. I'll probably just wait till it's like on sale, which I know will probably be like a year or two and then it'll only drop to 40 bucks, but that's not terrible for, you know, it'll probably be a fun game and has multiplayer and all that. Something I can play with my kids. But yeah. I feel like there's some other story we're forgetting about and I can't think of what if anything it could be um, yeah moving some windows around double checking making sure there's not anything that specifically pops out that I forgot about because I feel like there's there's gotta be something but uh, maybe not so alright well in that case I suppose we can move towards the close of the show here so, recommendations and dissuasions. So, start off with your recommendation. 
All right, I'm going to start off with the recommendation that I originally had <laughs> before I changed it last week, and that is to drink more water. And I say that because water will keep you hydrated. Like seriously, once you swap out any sort of sugary drink you may be drinking, you're going to feel a whole lot better. You're going to feel more energized, you know. Summer is gone, so you might think, well, you know, it's cooler. I don't need the water. That's where you're wrong. You're still going to get dehydrated. You might not think you're dehydrated, but you're still dehydrated. So drink more water. You know, your body will thank you for it. You'll feel better. And yeah, that's all I got to say for that. All right, that's fair. I, I will say I do drink a lot of water. I typically will drink about four or five of these a day, which is 40 ounces for one of these. Um, I started doing that last year, and uh, it's I definitely notice when I don't drink enough because there are some days where I, especially like when I'm not working, that I will forget or get caught up in other stuff and forget and just not get around to drinking more water. Um, in those days, you know, there's definitely a noticeable difference, but um, maybe it's just because I am so used to drinking caffeine that doesn't water doesn't really give me energy but I also drink uh, you know a fair amount of coffee and stuff like that but I drink my coffee black <laughs> because it's delicious and nutritious um my recommendation is the new season of Frasier we watched the first couple episodes oh. last week and it is fantastic it it I was very pleasantly surprised. So I was super skeptical that it was actually going to be good um, because I'm such a big fan of of the previous seasons, you know, the 11 seasons that they did from uh, 1993 through 2004. And I just, with so many uh, modern revivals being terrible, you know, uh, destruction of the character, you know, like, basically just ruining the characters. I, I was very skeptical that it was going to be any good, but um, even though we've only had the first two episodes, the first two episodes, they felt like classic Frasier. You know, they there wasn't anything about them that I felt like was a modern day um, you know, preaching at you kind of thing. It was just the same kind of fantastic humor. Um, they were able to explain the difference I mean you know what's happened since in the past basically 20 years uh, to a mostly satisfying degree and being able to see some characters in, in certain cases who uh, were barely introduced in the original series show up now as adults uh, we'll just say that there was a baby at the end of season 11 for for uh one character, and the baby is now in his, I guess, either late teens or early 20s. And seeing what happened with that character is, is fantastic. But, um, just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just really good. Really, really good, and I'm, I'm, I strongly recommend it. Of course, for people who've never watched Frasier at all, you can stream a lot of the series through Paramount+. Plus. You can find some episodes. Um, I think Paramount even has some of the episodes 
for free to watch on YouTube. Um, they, they do actually have the first episode of this new series up on YouTube free to watch. Um, but if someone does not really, I mean, thinks that 11 seasons of something is a little too intimidating, my recommendation is find uh, the season two episode of Frasier called Flower Child. Um, and that's F-L-O-U-R. Uh, it is like one episode, you can, you can watch it in isolation. If you find that hilarious, then watch the rest of the series and just start from the beginning. If you don't find that funny, then there's nothing I could do for you. You know, God have mercy on your soul. No, not really, <laughs> but... <laughs> No, I just, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great series. Really, really, really funny series. And Flower Child is, is a great introductory episode to get an idea of what you can expect. Because it is, in my opinion, it's probably one of the best episodes of the whole series. And the series, I mean, has a lot of really funny episodes. But that one is one of my absolute favorites. And it's a great one to get you started. Um, so now let's go into dissuasions. All right. Um, my dissuasion for the week is going to be don't buy into the hype of new technology. And by that, I mean, don't feel like you need to get the latest gizmo, the latest version of something, whether that be a phone or whether that be something like computer hardware. Like, if you think about it, if you have a good enough phone and it works, why do you think you need to spend another 800, 900, 1000 plus dollars on a new phone when the one you have works sufficiently? I mean, you if you're going to get a new phone, you could probably spend maybe something like 300, 400 dollars on a on a phone that is newer than yours. But, you know, it's substantially cheaper than what you could spend on another phone. Like, even if you don't feel like, well, it's, you know, like, if unless you have, like, a very good reason for or something that you could spend for that, like, why not? I mean, earlier this year, I bought a Galaxy S9. They're on, what, 21 or something like that now at 22? 23. I bought a, I bought a new Galaxy S9 phone for... $200 um, did that the the firmware is a bit old but I slapped on um, custom uh, Android ROM I'm good to go like this thing's gonna work for a long while it's great it does what it needs to do like I have no complaints about that so don't do that and same thing with on PC don't feel like you need to go and upgrade to the newest GPU or CPU or whatever just because it's new. I mean, I saw someone who had an RTX 3080 went and bought an RTX 4090. Like, the RTX 3080, when it came out, that was a high-end card. It's good. It's still great. You went and bought a 4090 because it's the newest thing. <laughs> like, why sp you spent... $1,500 on that thing. Like, why would you do that? Like, sure, if you're someone who, they were still on something like 
a GTX 750 Ti and you said, okay, I want something more modern. Like, yeah, that, I, I agree with that. You know, you're getting a card that's 2 gigabytes VRAM, you know, GGDDR5 uh, memory. Like, I understand that. You want something with more oomph and, you know, able to run games decently. But I don't think that... I think that if what you have does its job well, like, if you're still playing your games, you're getting a nice, at least... At least 1080, 60 FPS. Like, if that's something that you were doing and you're and you were comfortable with that, why get one just because it's new? Like, or at the very least, don't go for something that's like extremely high end. If it's if you're already at high end, um, or at the very least, don't get something that was that's going to give you the same, relatively same performance, and you're just spending more money because if you're doing something and that was fine. You were living with it, and you only bought something because it's new. You're 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 wasting your money, uh, frankly, just because you're not going to be getting that much of a better return. I mean, I bought a 3080 Ti. Um, I have it. I haven't put my PC together yet, but I know that when I do put it together, it's still going to be good for me. Like I know I'll be good with it for a long time, so I don't have to worry about that. Yep. So. Just, just don't spend money. You don't need to. That's, that's a very good dissuasion. I actually have something to share with you on that, on topic, on both of those topics. Give me one second. somewhere around here but anyway so uh, related to the phone upgrade thing so I had this here was a 2020 or 2019 I can't remember when it was so I, I upgraded my phone four or five years ago something like that uh, to a OnePlus which was much cheaper than the iPhone 10 iPhone X, whatever you want to call it, um, more powerful, better camera, and much, much cheaper. It was like $600 versus the thousand plus for the iPhone. Um, and I was perfectly happy to use that for a long time. I, I was, I was perfectly satisfied with the phone. But at one point last year, I was sitting in my recliner and it was in my pocket. It slipped out of my pocket between the recliner down below the chair, which, you know, wouldn't necessarily be a big, big deal. You know, I'd have to get up and go, you know, go under there, pick it up. But the way it fell in there, as soon as I put the feet down, it mm. crushed the screen. So... <laughs> And I don't have the I didn't have the right tools to repair it. Um, I bought a replacement screen just in case, and I, I think I have a friend who might be able to help me repair it. But because of that, I decided to upgrade my phone. And I decided to go with the Samsung. And I did go with the latest and greatest with the most storage I could get, because the way I saw it was that if I'm going to have to spend this money anyway, I might as well get the best phone I can get. And 
I will say that um, it definitely is overkill. Because I have the S22 Ultra. Hmm. Um, which has like the stylus and stuff. It has a 108 megapixel camera. I mean, it's, it's better than the iPhone 15 in basically every possible way, even though that's the new iPhone. Um, and I don't regret it. Even, even though, definitely, if there had been something comparable, like if OnePlus had their new model out at the time, I probably would have just gotten that. But, yeah, I agree with you on that front. And with, when it comes to the PC graphics cards especially, um, <clears throat> I'm still rocking a 2080 Ti. I, I had upgraded from uh, a GTX 980... I don't think it was the TI. I think it was just the 980. And I, I mainly upgraded because I had already had to upgrade my CPU because my CPU was just really falling behind. I kind of cheaped out on it when I initially built my PC. Um, so I just had like an i5 3500 or 6500, something like that. It just, it just wasn't quite cutting it for especially the uh, open world games. Like Assassin's Creed, that sort of thing. You can tell I don't talk a whole lot normally, which is why I have to drink more water. Um, but I had so I so I had upgraded to top of the line for my CPU, and then when I finally got to the point where I was ready to upgrade my GPU, I went for 2080 Ti, which at the time was top of the line. Once again, because it was like, okay, if I'm gonna upgrade, gonna make a big upgrade, I might as well get the best I can get, and then future-proof my machine for a while. And I did get it quite a bit cheaper than retail price, but then they announced the 30 series shortly after that, and 30 series was way cheaper. I don't really have any regrets because it's like my 2080 Ti has served me well. I haven't had any problems with it. Um, but I'll definitely wait a while before I upgrade again because right now I can do 1080p under 20 frames per second on a lot of games, the vast majority, with the exception of games that are just not well optimized like Starfield. And uh, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But along those lines for my dissuasion, I will say when you initially build your PC, while I definitely would say... Actually, no, let me back up. What I was meaning to say, because I, I got my brain mixed up. Do not buy into the idea, if, if you're thinking of getting into PC gaming, don't buy into the idea that you have to upgrade all the time. Because you really don't. And this goes along with what you were saying, Justin. The fact of the matter is, is that if you can get some good parts initially, even if you decide that you want to go top of the line at first, you don't have to upgrade that often. But basically, if you if you build a good B PC this year, if you go for a higher end card, you know, build you know, spend whatever you decide to spend. Um, but especially if you decide to just go top of the line right now, you will probably not have to upgrade for five, six, seven years, you know, short of something uh, breaking down and you having to replace it, which as long as you're uh, being responsible with how you use your computer, you shouldn't really have that problem for the most part. 
games are it's going to be a long time before games are really making full use of the hardware we have right now because the ps5 and the series x while they're the most powerful consoles they're nowhere near where pcs are at they're just not even close i mean it's it's laughably i mean it's just pathetic how far behind they are and um they're they're fine for for what you pay for them but in terms of what they can actually do like i i'm not concerned about my hardware not being able to keep up now if i was trying to do 4k maybe but i mean as it is they're barely doing 4k and the 4k that they're doing a lot of times is 30 frames per second if they can get any better than that it's typically not 4k so just don't buy into the idea that you have to upgrade all the time you can start with something weaker and i mean if you need to or if you decide to go top of the line now then you shouldn't have to upgrade for a long time and more likely than not if, if you go top of the line right now you decide you just want to go all out you will probably be good not just through this generation but through next generation you you should not have to make any upgrades to your pc at all in that time unless you just want to add more storage or whatever i mean i i the last upgrade i did to my pc apart from adding more storage when i got um uh an nvme ssd pretty recently when they were on sale and decided to grab a couple more sticks of RAM because I wanted to fill in my empty slots and now I have a ridiculous 64 gigabytes of RAM which is completely <laughs> unnecessary 32 gigs was perfectly fine it was already more than necessary um, but I wanted to fill in those empty slots and they were cheap so it was like okay um, but like I'm, I'm not worried about being able to keep up this generation you know right I can I can do everything I want to do I can keep 1080p and have high frame rates and that's what I want so I mean yeah anyway kind of long winded but that's my story I'm sticking to it Although so I, will, I guess right, well, go ahead uh, no, I was just say I'll, I'll add a little quick uh, little just a little bulletin at the point uh, at the bottom uh, just say just make sure you just don't cheap out when you're uh power supply <laughs> yeah make sure you have a power supply that's sufficient for what you need to do i actually have to recommend i mean this is a, a separate recommendation but just going along those lines if you guys are looking for someone who can help you build a pc without breaking the bank and i mean you know we'll give you reasonable prices and great service go to dr-derek.com drderek.com that's my wife's brother-in-law, who I actually purchased most of my PC parts through, um, he has been super helpful. He was helpful in getting me started with the PC in 2016, and then since then I've, I've bought all my parts through him, uh, with the exception of the RAM sticks and stuff, because he hasn't had those in stock very much. But um, he'll be really helpful in helping you build a PC that's going to meet your needs, and that without necessarily having to worry about spending way more than you want to spend so um, definitely recommend him but that's a that's a bonus recommendation to go along with the rest so okay any other thoughts before we close out 
Nope, I think I'm good now. All right, so where can people find you? You can find me on the channel I am Zerikon. I'll say dot com. No, just I am Zerikon. That is I A M X E R A C O N. And also, if you when uh, use the Google like handle, it's just at I am Zerikon. You can find me at the Frozen Gamer eighty seven. Um, I don't put out nearly as much content as I am Zerikon does here, um, and. Uh, I mean, I recommend going to his channel more than anything else, but, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get the occasional video from me. Um, I'm hoping at some point to start doing more stuff, but I'm just not going to promise anything because, you know, life is busy. You know, father of three, all that. It just, it's the way it goes. But I do want to promote... I have an upcoming 24-hour charity live stream where I'm raising money for the Stack Up charity. Uh, they provide services to veterans, including providing video games to veterans who are struggling, especially with PTSD and everything else. Um, it's a great, great charity. Uh, it's, it's just really a, a big thing to help these guys who are, are struggling with everything that comes with fighting uh, as part of the military and uh, you know, get, getting them help that they need. It's not just giving them video games, I and mean, that's part of it, but it's get, getting them help that they need, giving them people to talk to, everything else. And um, it's a great charity, uh, but I will be streaming for 24 hours on my YouTube channel starting Friday, October 27th at 9 a.m. I'll make sure I mention this again for next week's episode. Um, but yeah, if you can... Stop. I mean, if you can donate, there will be a donation link in the description of my videos on my channel. Um, and even if you can't donate, if you just want to stop by anytime during that 24-hour live stream and just, you know, say hi. You know, check and see how I'm doing, especially if you're a night owl and you're up in the middle of the night. That's a great time to stop by and say hi because that will help me immensely. Because those late hours sometimes it's hard to stay awake and although I have some new potential things I can do that I think will help me a bit in that it's still something where you know I can always use the help and middle of the night especially so yeah um, I think that's really about it so I've decided that I'm just going to wing the exit here <laughs> every week so this week I'm gonna say keep on trangling and we will see you next week uh, Orange Box Podcast out <laughs>